Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello, it's Jamie and Stephen here from 20 Minute Tims. And how does the offer of free beer sound to you? Good, it sounds good. You like yeah, that, Stephen? Yeah, right? as, as a loyal listener to the show, we'd like to reward you with just that free beer. Thanks to our friends at Beer52.com You have the opportunity to sip 8 free exclusive craft beers from around the world All you need to do is go to Beer52.com slash Tims T-I-M-S And cover just 4 95 for postage As an added bonus for 20 Minute Tims listeners Stephen, Beer52 are giving us 2 extra beers So that's oh. 10 beers and all you have to do is cover the postage Beer52 are craft beer pioneers They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer From the greatest small batch brew Planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that they're the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Stephen, you're sitting there very relaxed. Oh, that's right, Jamie. I am currently celebrating the cup final win yesterday with a refreshing Harpoon IPA, a hoppy floral crisp India pale ale. If, like me, you prefer a light beer, you can personalise your selection to include only those in your box. Melly, you've finished one as well. How would you describe it? Finish was absolutely delicious. That's right, Melly. (laughs) (laughs) Each month, Beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme. Themes range from Germany to Korea, Norway to South Africa, and California to... That's really rude (laughs) to Finland, (laughs) but they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that they don't hold you to ransom, Stephen. There's no lock-in. You can leave at any time. That's right. In fact, what you can do is sign up, claim your free beer, and then basically cancel right away. Easy as that. Easy as that. Your first box is posted out to you next day, and this month will contain beer from the USA. As well as the most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include an award-winning craft beer magazine called Ferment, which explains the themes and individual beers, and you will receive a cheeky snack thrown in just to top it all off. Ten beers when there's a lot of football on over Christmas. This sounds like a cracking deal. Makes sense. What are you waiting for? (laughs) Just to claim this, you go to beer52, that's beer52.com forward slash Tims to get your case of eight beers for free. And don't forget, as a 20-minute Tims listener, you get an extra two unmissable beers just for signing up that's beer52.com forward slash Tim's
there is someone in this Celtic side to come to the rescue here. It could be him. Episode 200 of 20 Minute Tims arrives as Celtic make it 10 in the Hampton rain. Witless Morelos fails to find the net, but Julianne piles on the pain as we escape with the trophy. Welcome to the Gloat Fest. Episode 200 has arrived of 20 Minute Tims, and I am joined on this fantastic occasion <laughs> by Stephen. Yes, you are. And Melly. Oh my days. Uh, oh my days indeed. And we have got. So much to talk about today. <laughs> ah, yeah. Episode 200, lads. Who would have thought it? And I would just like to take this opportunity to announce that it is the 200th and last ever episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're only kidding. Uh, I'd like to take this opportunity to announce that it's not even episode 200. No, no. I think, yeah, we've established that long long ago that we made a mess of the numbers and this is probably something I about 211 was, or something. Uh, I think <laughs> around about episode 70 odds, uh, <laughs> we made an absolute mess of the numbers. But symbolically... It remains episode TMT hashtag 200. And when better to have it? 200th episode and time for Celtic's 10th trophy in a row. And that's what we will be concentrating on this episode. But before we do, let's get into some housekeeping. And by that, I mean Patreon. We had a lot of coverage for this cup final on the Patreon. We had a Patreon special preview. Yourself and Melly sat down and... You know, you looked at Celtic's cup run at this point, you looked at Rangers' cup run to this point, you looked at previous cup meetings between the two, yeah. you predicted your lineups and your outcomes. Uh, myself and Blair, we had the tactics board preview, um, where we looked at things from a tactical point of view, you know, trying to guess how Rangers yeah. were set up, and I feel that Neil Lennon probably should have listened to that one. Um, <laughs> More to come on that. <laughs> uh, and then we had Melly the match right after recorded in the pub after the game, few jars in, Melly. I listened to it. I repeated myself an awful lot, but, <laughs> but I was drunk and high on life at that point. It was, it was well joyous. It. it was a joyous occasion. Uh, and out with the cup final, we had some fantastic content from the History Boys. They produced a podcast on the Tenant Sixes. <laughs> yeah, that's gone down really well, actually. It's, a, it's an oft-forgotten, but also joked about quite a lot uh, tournament from the early 90s because it was the only thing Celtic won and some of the Celtic board tried to frame it as a genuine trophy <laughs> when they won this six-a-side tournament uh, but I, the history boys could, can tell you about it a lot better than I can so go and check that out at patreon.com forward slash 20 minute tims and basically if you don't know Patreon is a way for you to support this podcast if you like what we do every Monday here on the flagship podcast <laughs> yeah. then you sign up for our Patreon which costs less than the price of a pint per month for lots and lots yeah. of additional podcasts so you can check that out at patreon.com slash 20 minute tims with that out of the way <laughs> we can begin Neil Lennon sealed the 10th Trophy in a row for Celtic Football Club when he demolished <laughs> Rangers at Hamden this Swept past weekend. Rangers he com- at a canter. Yes, yeah. he completed the collection from for himself, domestic treble That's as right, a player yeah. and a manager, not in a row, but yeah, yeah. collected the full set. Um, what did we think, and w- was it close to any of your predictions? What was your prediction against Stephen? Well, just on that, I think uh, the scoreline I gave was three two. Okay. I, I stuck with 3-2 um, I said that in the last Monday podcast And I stuck to my guns on the, the preview You've just mentioned that Melly and myself did um, However, on that very podcast I did say that I fancied 
Julian for a go. Mm-hmm. Um, I said the way I framed it was that many years ago we were podcasting in the in the era of the fateful two each draw against uh, Warburton's Bears. The Dallas. And I was I'd never been more confident about how I said Sviatchenko is going to score in that game, and sure enough he did. And that how I said I've just got this weird feeling again. I think Chris Julian is going to score in this game. Melly then we had a week chuckle about how Melly said, Well, that means we're going to need to get a decent delivery from a set piece for a start. And I was like, No, his feet. That's how he scored with his feet and I don't get many things right on this podcast, but I nailed that one. Did you put your money where your mouth was? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Melly, what was your prediction? Three uh, one, I think I said. Was it okay? So I predicted that Celtic won it in extra time. So on the balance, I was the most right. Was <laughs> so yeah. Um, the lineup came out. It was leaked before it, um, and it was confirmed to us the afternoon before the game, or the evening before the game. Morgan started in place of. Edward sort of made sense, you know. If Edward wasn't fit to play, I didn't see Neil Lennon trying something absolutely brand new against mm. Rangers. Um, the lineup: Foster, Frimpong, Julian Ayer, Hayes, Brown, McGregor, Forrest, Christie, Alien Ussi, and Lewis Morgan. It was a terrific win for Celtic. <laughs> Not all wins come easy, nope. but the, but the end of the day. That doesn't matter. What's that famous football cliche, Melly? The mark of champions is winning when you're not playing well. Yep. And that's exactly what we've done. Oh, we did. And not playing well is putting it mildly, <laughs> but one of the sweetest cup final wins in recent history, I'd say. Just because of how bad we played, how we got the goal, how we had to fight back from everything, and the fact that it was against them. <laughs> the Bears were absolutely ravenous, but they, they couldn't score against us. It was astonishing, <laughs> an, an incredible game um, and result. as a really hard one to talk about actually um, in context. You, you mentioned there about how Neil Lennon collects the set and I just, an extremely big positive of, of it is not only that Neil Lennon gets a trophy, he's also got his first non-asterisk trophy of his second spell at Celtic because no one can take this away from him, no one can say aye but Brendan Rodgers started the ball rolling with that yep. one, this this is completely his, his, and the players as well of course but I just mean, that there was there's always that wee star next yeah. to the, the last cup final because you know Brendan Rodgers started the campaign and he took over with, what was it, 10 league games to go in the last one so those, those trophies will always have a wee mark next to them but this one's his the game itself, goodness me. I've never seen it like it. I've never seen it like it. I tweeted within about 15 minutes or 20 minutes, like, if we win this, it'll be nothing short of a miracle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, We just... I mean, don't get me wrong, I loved the victory. I absolutely loved it. And the the pain in their (laughs) eyes and and the tears and all the tweeting after it and Morelos' wee crumpled up face (laughs) as he was walking down there with his loser's medal and Steven Gerrard's, you know... Trying to keep it together, but still moaning about offside goals and all. It was, it was just the whole thing was what what a night, what a day. But we just absolutely could not get started, could we? Shut the nest. Uh-huh. We we always say if Celtic show up, we'll have enough to beat them. But we didn't show up. Still had enough to beat still them. Still had <laughs> enough to beat them. That's why it makes it all the sweeter. I didn't think it was possible for Celtic to play that bad, but to play that bad and not concede a goal. You're going to need your keeper to have an absolute stormer, and boy, did he have a stormer! I feel like there's going to be a lot of talk tonight about the differences between the team, and in a break from the norm, I know we usually go with the big stuff up front, but I just want to cast a wee bit into the future because we've also played Hamilton Aki's in this week, and the results of those games 
were just perfect, really, oh because like, obviously everyone knows by now the dramatic nature of the win against that. Scott Brown scoring very late on after Hamilton Aki's equalised. Rangers dropped points on the same night, and I just thought that this is the difference between the teams. Like, yeah. the Celtic do not stop winning. Like, I'm not saying that a draw shows up Rangers for exactly what they are. Draws happen. Celtic will draw more games this season as well. But the f- just the fact that the, they drew just before this absolutely crucial game, where the Celtic just do what they always do, just never know when they're defeated, and it just carried on straight into this game. And it, the mentality showed shone through in the end. I've I've never seen anything like it. You know, talk about under the cosh. Rangers Rangers press was executed brilliantly mm, against right. us. And I, I said this on the, the Melee at the Match when me and you were talking Melee at the, the post-match section. What do you do for a Rangers point of view? Analyse that game. What do you do differently? Cry. Cry. You just look at that video and go, we we done everything. Absolutely everything that yeah. we could. As I said, the press was executed brilliantly. It left us a lot of the time going long to, to Lewis Morgan and, and they just swept up. That, yeah, that was yeah. that was too easy for them and then the, the pressure just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. But they're looking at that going, we can't do it more. You're looking at, you know, the Morelos versus Edward, the discussion as far as I'm concerned, is done. I don't, I don't even want to acknowledge it anymore. No, but it's I, done I, I because... Want to... Pull a, I want to call for a moratorium on this comparison. Don't because, want to hear it. Yeah. Don't want to hear it because for, for, forget Morelos and Defoe. Forget Morelos and Edward. Sorry, I reckon if Defoe started that game, he would have scored some yeah. of the chances yes, that Morelos got. He definitely would have. Defoe is a, a proven finisher, and Morelos. It's all very well praising him for getting on the end of chances, but if he doesn't create the chances. No, exactly. Somebody else creates them for yeah. him, and he, he absolutely doesn't score them when it when it counts against Celtic. I don't even want to do the thing where even if we go to lean towards praising Morelos for something. You know, he's got a lot of good goals this season and the natural follow-on from that sentence is, but he's not as good as Edward. I don't even want to do that anymore because I still feel that is insulting towards yeah. Edward <laughs> by including him in that sentence because we always do it and I just want to draw a line under that comparison right now. It is fair to say that Morelos is going to have nightmares uh, about this game and in those nightmares will feature Fraser Foster. <laughs> The, the sort of goalkeeping performance that I don't think I've ever seen before. No, no. I said in the group chat after after the game that that's that was up there with the all time great Celtic goalkeeping performance. Mm. I'm sure there'll be somebody out here out there who could tell me about something that happened in the forties or something like that where this goalkeeper saved eleven shots or something mm. like that. He he tipped a German bomb over the bar <laughs> during the blitz or whatever. <laughs> right, I'm sure that that'll happen, but as far as in my lifetime and most likely before that as well, that is up there with anything. Fraser Foster yesterday, as we record this, managed to combine an entire career worth of Andy Gorham breaking hearts into one performance. That that is his Andy Gorham in the nineties moment, mm. and he did it like more than more than he did as well. I'm trying not to get like all emotional about it and start talking pish for the sake of it, but <laughs> Fraser Foster, see with that performance, I'm trying not to like just get. Fall into hyperbole and, and just exaggeration, but you you roll it into things like Barcelona. Even more recently, Lazio yeah. his overall contribution for Celtic in both spells now, where he's just been the model of consistency. You, you struggle to think of any mistakes, like glaring mistakes, Fraser Foster has ever made. Fraser Foster is up there, despite being away for half of it. He's up there with Celtic's players of the decade. I'm not saying he's the player of the yeah. decade because obviously Scott Brown and, and a couple of others would be ahead of him, but he's certainly in the conversation. For the guy is unbelievable, and absolutely unbelievable. I, I hold my hands up, <laughs> which aren't anywhere near as big or as effective <laughs> as Fraser Foster's, and and say that I didn't see the sense in bringing him back. I just thought he's probably too far gone now. 
his career's well over the, the his peak. He's, he's rolling down the other side of that hill now. I feel like it's a wee bit getting the old band back together, trying to recapture old glories with a guy who might not have it anymore. He's no, he's, he's miles off his peak for Southampton, but completely wrong. What a signing that has been. And I, I, again, it's not a comparison I like to do, but the, the very first save that he made in the game, the first big save from Ryan Jack, we don't have another keeper available who no. would have saved that. You, you would have got a hand to it and you would have tipped it into the top corner or something like that and you wouldn't have blamed the guy. Like, say if Jack had scored that and he's got Bain, you wouldn't have blamed the keeper. But it's just what what a save and what a player Fraser Foster is. Yeah, I think in years to come this will just be simply known as the Fraser Foster final. Yes, yeah, you're absolutely spot on with that, yeah. And uh, you can maybe compare it to his performance against Barcelona... Or of course, um, David Marshall's against Barcelona, probably the, the top keeping performance. But this was something special, yeah. absolutely incredible. It's just a mental barrier now that he's just put up over Morelos and all the Rangers to think of the chances they scored. Now there's complete doubt in their head with every opportunity they get. The guy is immense. It was 16 shots that Rangers had, they had seven on target. Rangers did create an awful lot, you know, and, and we were really, really under pressure. And, my, you know, we, we're doing a podcast, it was a great one, we need to be objective about it. But how do you guys feel about the way that Celtic played on the day? Well, certainly not great. Uh, as, as I say, it's, it's a really weird game to talk about because it was such an amazing win and such an amazing feeling. But the performance, we're going to struggle to, to pull much positive out of that, apart from Fraser Foster, who was incredible and, in a way, sort of highlights how poor Celtic mm. were as well that he was having to make six, seven, eight tremendous saves. But it wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't great from the start, to be honest. You've already said that they were punting balls really. Yeah. Um, trying to break Rangers all admittedly impressive press. But was it working? Because if you're getting beyond their press and booting the ball up to guys like El Yanusi, who's probably 30% fit. I, yeah. d- I don't know if he was even that, to be honest. And Lewis Morgan, who's five foot nine and never a striker in a million years. And the ball's just coming straight back again. Morelos is getting chance after chance. It's not working. I thought, I thought Celtic got to half time and, and I thought, we have to change this right now. And we need to make several changes here. Not Maybe not in terms of personnel, but a tactical switch is... It's a must Rangers seem to set up Melee uh, Sort of like The way that Liverpool kind of play You know Like They were pressing With like a narrow front three Cutting off our options You know When the ball came up You know Players like James Forrest Have been accused of hiding But if you watch the game back When the ball came into Forrest They had three four guys around yeah. You know they were Rangers were right on top of us At all times The only player That they sort of let play Ironically enough Was, was Scott Brown He was the, seemed to get The most time on the ball mm. Um Morgan up there on his own, he's, he's he's obviously trying his heart out. He's he was meant to be, I assume, running the channels, picking up the space left behind Tavernier and trying to bring other people into the into play the way that Edward does so effectively. But he's not Edward. And one thing that really sort of got me down was we were we seemed to be playing like Edward was on the pitch, but it was Lewis Morgan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it just didn't work at all. Even he's not a striker. It's it's not his strength being up there, but. He's got to do better than that because every time I can't remember him doing anything remotely good. No. Every time he'd lose the ball, it would come straight back. Forrest and El Yunusi as well, just so ineffective. Mm. Couldn't get on the ball, and we were just hemmed in for the, the whole game. I just kept looking at the time. Like that's been ten minutes, twenty minutes, half an hour, and we were just penned in the whole time. Rangers played off their game plan really well. It just seemed to always 
they'd always beat the second ball, it'd always be dropping to them, they always had the man over. But we just couldn't get out, we couldn't get started whatsoever. It started almost immediately for Rangers, you know, right from the kickoff, they'd done the old lump the ball up the park and then chased it, chased it down and in very short order. I think they ended up getting three corners. And what was particularly disappointing for me was that it was our centre halves that were beat to the header at, at yeah. every time. I think it was Goldson, Hellander, and then they got a free kick. Um, when McGregor fell Morelos and Tav threw in a ball I think it was Goldson again and we didn't win any of these headers No, you know, they the were very stuff. threatening from, yeah. from the set pieces very early on and it was a little bit disappointing I thought Celtic were really struggling in the air um, when it came to that and which is surprising because you've got guys like Julian and I are in there who should be mopping up absolutely everything they've got very good uh, defensive you know, head like what am I talking about? aerial duels records both of them so it was weird to see them Quite so under the cost straight away, but I feel like we always say this that like Rangers always start really well against Celtic. It's just well, that's what I thought watching the game. Yeah. I, was, I was saying to Melly, I was like, This always happens, yeah. After 10 15 minutes, we start to get a grip on the game, and then that's when we came into it. But then I was like, Well, maybe 30 minutes, and then before you know <laughs> yeah. it, it's half time, you're like, Billy drew breath, yeah. Yeah, we just couldn't get into it at all. It was just seemed nothing was going right, and Rangers. They did get a good start, and that, that gives, gives gives them that lift at the start. We we just couldn't get it. We couldn't get the ball to stick. A front three so ineffective, and every time we got the ball, it just seemed to be the, the extra man over that would close us down. And you know, I, was, I was just worried, very yeah. very scared. The first half, we need to get half time and get something changed, as you said, Stephen. We made the sub at half time, but. Yeah, I was just watching the clock going, please get in <laughs> yeah. here. A, a lot of Rangers' chances came from like came from corners, crosses, tav, areas that we know that they're dangerous. Yep. And another couple of Rangers' chances, Stephen Kenna came from us fumbling the ball in the box, you know, not clearing their lines properly and the ball breaking to Morelos or whomever. It was just a bit of a nervy start and I'm I'm surprised at that from Celtic and I'm not surprised about Rangers because that's really it was always going to be their game plan to get on top of Celtic straight away and just put them under intense pressure. But Celtic just looked really wobbly. They didn't have the, the out ball, they didn't yeah. have the, the options to get out of their own half early on. We talk about Morgan. I don't again I don't want to do this with Lewis Morgan. He's just he's not got the instincts for it. He is mobile and he does pick up good spaces in the box and he, he moves off people, but he's not got the instincts for it to be a a hold up player um, in the mould of Edward, and that's that, that's no slight on him. Not, not many players are, but well, but it's um, partly of our fault because you know I was watching the game and I was putting this in the group chat and I was, I was watching this a lot of the time. You know we would work the ball or, or get the ball back or we'd work the ball out and we'd play it to Ayer, and Ayer did have options, but obviously he's nervous that yeah. Rangers are closing us down quite a lot. But he had options in Brown, he had options in McGregor, and so often we opted to go long up to up to Morgan, and I'm thinking. Give the boy a chance. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? yeah. Give the boy a chance. That is, we knew right away that this long ball stuff wasn't working. I think Elianusi. We were maybe hoping for him to get a bit more space in behind Tav. As you said, I don't think the guy was fit. No, it's a gamble, and it we, didn't pay off. It, yeah. I, it was a gamble. It didn't pay off, and then James Forrest was just completely marked out the game. Yeah. So when half time comes around and things aren't going our way, I, I did expect a change, but I, I thought maybe we might look to bring on somebody like and Cham. You know, another body in midfield. I felt what we needed was someone calm who can take the ball under pressure, who can get other guys involved. Yep. Not, um, not more out balls, as it were. <laughs> yeah. See, a final thing on Lewis Morgan. Yeah, he is. He was the only option up there, unfortunately. But the thing is, why is he the only option? I think it's it's another problem we can cast back to the recruitment and personnel here because 
Neil Lennon said before the game in a, pre, a press conference that Bio is fit, that Bio is perfectly fit and training and available. But I can tell people would be that to me, you, but you can't play Bio in a game like that. Well, that that's my yeah. point. I, why not? Because it's not an experience thing. You've just played. You just played Jeremy Frimpong in that game, who and that says first first taste of those games. So it, it can't really be that. So why is Bio not able to to feature at all? I don't want to go too hard on Lewis Morgan. We know what he is, yeah. as we've already discussed it. He's not a striker. He was up there trying his best in a difficult situation, I'm sure. There's many other players on the team that we, we could we could single out for, for much more criticism. It's an almost impossible situation for him because Celtic didn't have the tactics to make um, good use of him and he didn't have any space and he didn't have any opportunity to impress in that game. It just wasn't, it wasn't there for him. And it was one of these ones where I don't think many players played on the Rangers side played particularly well. You know, Ryan Kent... For me, was pretty ineffective. Yep. I, I thought Frimpong at times, Frimpong, who was probably our best attacking outlet in the first half, yep. defensively, I thought he'd done a great job in Ryan Kent with the help of Scott Brown. He won his first duel with Ryan Kent at all. The two of them clashed pretty early on, and, and Frimpong came out on top. We just kind of shrugged them off. It's something I've been talking about for a while. He's a very surprisingly strong player, Frimpong, for someone who looks like a, a wee guy, he looks like a wee teddy bear or something like that. He's just. <laughs> He's so adorable that you don't expect him maybe to, to have any toughness about him, but he definitely does because Ryan Kent is this this big wannabe gangster looking guy. Vanilla ice. But Frimpong he's he's constantly, constantly getting tugged and pulled and balled all over the place, but he never goes down. He's just constantly fighting back against it. And he he won the majority of his his contests with Kent, I would say. Yeah, it was first half. Bar Foster from Pong was the only outlet. He was the only yep. one getting forward. You've seen that when Kamara was booked for the foul on him. He was he was away from him. Yeah, he right. seemed to be like, we're just relying on from Pong to get us out because nobody else was doing anything. But as a guy, what was he nineteen this week? I think yeah, that's he right. turns nineteen. It was a great performance. Shame he got sent off in the end, but he stepped up when nobody else really did. So I think the first half, maybe the centre halves were decent along with from Pong, but. Everyone else was pretty ineffective. It was just hard work that got us through there. It wasn't any quality, really. I was very surprised to see how quiet Rangers managed to keep the likes of Ryan Christie, the likes of James Forrest, the, the likes of even Mikey Johnson, although he had a good chance and probably should have finished it when he came yeah, on, yeah. And, and that would have absolutely killed it, stone dead. Um, I thought as the game went on, especially in the second half, I thought we started to improve a wee bit, particularly particularly in defence. Yeah, and just on Christie there, name you mentioned, I thought he really came into it towards the end. Yeah. Christie is brilliant at being able to just get yourself out of a tight situation, see if Christie is in a, a tussle with somebody and he's chasing down the line, particularly up that right-hand side when he's, he just gets involved with a battle and people are pulling him and he, just, he gets Celtic so far up the pitch without even really having to try too hard. It is, it, he's so useful at that kind of thing. Yeah, it's same as Stephen. I thought that the midfield three, we weren't getting much out of them, but by the end of the game, all three of them worked their socks off. Yeah. They put in an absolute shift because it was back to the wall, but Celtic's attacking performance, I mean, no shots on target in the first half. <laughs> it's very no. rare for Celtic not to have any sort of chance, especially at Hamden. Like we've turned up here with one game after game. Do you remember Hamden used to be a real hoodoo for us? Yeah, the first right. I was thinking about that today. Yeah, the hoodoo, of course. Now, what is it? How many games in a row have we won at Hamden? <laughs> Hundreds All of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you, you couldn't expect Celtic, especially when I seen the lineup. I thought 
look at bar and Morgan, it's every player in their best position. Yep. Probably it's as strong as we can probably get. I was delighted to see Elgin start, but obviously it just didn't pay off. It was a gamble worth taking, I think, because because of how effective he is, how dangerous he can be if he gets on a chance or anything. But it just it just didn't work out for him. He's just nowhere near fit enough to be in it. No, he was he just looked a yard or two off the pace every yeah. time he went for the ball kept losing out his battles as well it just it just wasn't happening for him and it wasn't the only one to be no. fair he could have made five or six changes at half time but obviously we didn't have that that option chances wise I think Ayer should have done better by header we just kind of it was like a free header he got where he got under it and yeah. he just kind of scooped it up the way with his, with his head. And he could have done so much better from a corner. But other than that, you're really struggling to think of many Celtic chances at all in the first half. Certainly none on target, but anything off target. <laughs> was done. Yeah. From a Celtic point of view, it's quite a difficult game to talk about because <laughs> yes. if you want to single out individual great performances, there's none. No. You know, and you, you watch the game back and you're watching how how compact and how tight Rangers were and, and how there wasn't really an awful lot of quality on their side either. No. You know, like, it was mostly just rushing, harrying, closing down channels, recovery runs. It was all that hard work stuff. It's an extremely hard game to talk about, as you're probably realising, listeners. <laughs> if it was up to us, we would really just talk about Celtic having scored and then celebrating loads after it. Like, I feel like that's what this game is all about, but ultimately we're here to talk about the performance. That's what got us there. And it's, it's really hard to pick out... Any, any genuine positives from it we've already done it with Fraser Foster but it was such such a strange game it wasn't until we got into the second half and Odson Edward came on that was what yeah. I felt was yeah. the turning point because the atmosphere in the stadium changed so we were under the under the cosh the whole game but when that came on we got a lift and then they were terrified and you could tell it just I thought the balance sort of swung in our favour that way and just instantly he wins the free kick and when we got that free kick I thought see if we get a good delivery here there's a chance but to get that goal I, I couldn't believe it it was absolutely <laughs> no, amazing <laughs> it was like, another one of those moments completely against the run yeah. play it just, and then when you see the, their fans you can just you just know they're going typical that is typical they've just got a goal out of nothing <laughs> and it just absolutely crushed them Edward coming on wins the free kick great ball in offside or not doesn't matter he put the ball in the net and the knee slide oh. <laughs> uh, there was another one of those moments where very recently we did a, a match companion for the Lazio game and when and Cham scored I just I didn't really know what to do with myself I just, so I just stood there I just kind of stood up and looked at the telly and I was like ah, hold on that, that's not right surely that didn't just happen but <laughs> it sure did obviously we're going to talk about how the fact it was because the, the the Huns are, are revolting out there. They are, they're, <laughs> screaming, are. they are screaming for this uh, offside. They're, they're even advocating the use of VAR. Oh. Careful what you wish for, Huns, because <laughs> you're going to struggle with that. <laughs> and just just on that again, it's a point I made about... Um, I said about Dykes playing against Celtic recently, where it's unimaginable for a Celtic player, a Celtic striker, to play like that and not get booked. Yeah. Right? The, the, you can't even picture Odson Edward going out and putting in a performance that Alfredo Morelos did. Obviously, we can talk about his chances and how he should have scored, he should have scored, he had a penalty and all that. But again, why is he 
untouchable when Aye, it comes to Morelos. That. Yes, yes, we've got Bob bought into this. Though. He's a he's a new player. He's, he's brand new. Alfredo. He, he doesn't get booked and sent off. He's a totally different guy and all that. But I'm sorry. I'm starting to think the only reason he's not getting booked as much is because the referees have decided to put up with it. Because yeah, his performance yeah. there was exactly the same Morelos that we've seen every single time. Again, try and even picture Odson Edward playing like that. Right? I know. I'm not talking about his personality or his his um, inclinations to do that, but it's. Imagine him running about, barging into people, booting Scott Brown off the ball, dragging his studs down folks' calves and all that. Hitting the deck every time yeah, someone goes I, near him. It just You wouldn't get away with it. You'd be booked within the first two instances of these things. Never mind just getting... It's just absolutely bulletproof throughout the game. So it's just as, a, as, as an aside here. The offside thing with the goal, I'm still... I know there have been graphs and, uh, and diagrams and all that doing the rounds. I'm still unconvinced by them. I know Hillander is now in a different position than we thought originally. But I still think Julian's foot is marginally offside. But the thing is, how does anyone expect anyone to call that? Yeah. It, it's we don't have VAR. The thing is we we just don't have VAR and I'm not going to call for the use of it because I think it's it's nonsense to be and, honest. And too bad. <laughs> it's like it's like moaning about the pass back rule. Yeah. We, do, we don't have VAR, so don't complain about I'd, it. I've just got no I've got no sympathy for it. It was a great delivery. It was um I thought Julian done well with his yeah, yeah. feet, like a defender. He took his time. All he had to do was make, steer it into the back of the net past Alan McGregor. I've, I've, I've got zero time. It was marginally offside, but it's a marginal yeah. call, and these things happen in football. I'd have more time for it. One, if it wasn't the Rangers and Steven Gerrard, but two, Rangers had multiple chances. They had a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> what more do you want? And I love, I love when people are just immediately like, "Hey, but George Cadet." I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> twenty odd year old rules." <laughs> John Hartson as well. I saw people pulling that one out as well. But I mean, not that we hold grudges or anything like that. But George Cadet, twenty three years ago, whenever it was, yes, bring it up. And Rangers did have plenty of chances, various chances. They had yeah. corners and free kicks. They had. I would. I thought again, as I said at the top of the podcast, some of our defending in the box. Blunderous. I don't know if that's a word. There was one oh, bad one. Ditch. Yeah, there, there was one bad one where Morelos again clean through. Has it straight at Foster? The, the thing is, right. This is the last time I'll do it between Edward and Morelos, right? But the difference is, the key difference here is that he is. Yes, he's very effective and blustering and all that, but he just hits the ball as hard as he possibly yeah. can in the direction of the goal, and, it, and he, he gets a lot out of it. He's, he's got nothing about him. He's got no no je ne sais quoi. He's got no finesse <laughs> no, about no, him. He's right? got none of that. It happened again here. He got clean through and smashed it straight at Foster, who made a great save in Fernston. But Johnny Hayes was just completely oblivious to him and just played him onside. So th- there were a number of things that were wrong with the, with the first half and the defending. Yeah, the difference for me in the last time I'm going to say it is that Rangers, as we discussed on the Tactics Board podcast, that Rangers game revolves mostly around high volume crosses into the box for from Tavernier for Morelos to finish. Yeah. And what disappointed me was. That happened a lot. Like mm. the, the the thing that Rangers are known for, and the thing that they're strong for, it happened a lot. And we needed a goalkeeper to bail us out a lot of the time. But forget all that, anyway. Forget, forget all that. that. I know, forget about <laughs> that. Let's talk about the highlight of the game, right? When, when, you mean you mean uh, Arfield trying to intimidate Scott Brown <laughs> by, by shaking his hand too long? Shaking it really hard. <laughs> like that's, that's, one thing that did please me was how miserable Scott Arfield Aye. was on the day. He was rotten, absolutely if, rotten. If you missed that, listener, do go back and treat yourself to Scott Arfield trying to intimidate the. The, the coward Scott Brown by shaking his hand a wee bit too long just as Scott Brown was going along the line and he tried to pull it away. Oh, you're hard. <laughs> Terrifying stuff. It wasn't it wasn't long after we scored when well, to be honest, let's talk a wee bit about well, the goal again. 
the place went ballistic. Oh, sheer Absol- Absolutely ballistic. I couldn't quite believe it was in the back of the net <laughs> no. when I saw it in the back of the no. net. It like you it sort of took me a second. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> like you're just like the play absolutely mental. The bar we were in. Strangely, I was watching a bar. And it was a it was it was a it was a Celtic bar, right? It was the, it was actually the bar that the Celtic team ended up in after it, right? Right, but it was a mixed crowd. Mm. So the, half the place went nuts, and then like a couple of tables at the back went, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> and then that, that just that just made me feel a whole lot better about it. <laughs> so, yeah. It's nice to be near people that you know are suffering. Was I was just... in a very similar pub to that many many years ago in the the game at Ibrox, just as an aside here, where Craig Bellamy scored. Oh. Yeah, it was a very mixed. It was pretty much. <laughs> Straight in the middle, and what a joy that was! I can tell you, it was just as you say, pandemonium, but pure relief. And yeah. once we get that goal, the the celebrations of the players, you could tell from them as well. That's it. We've got something to hang on to now. We've we've got we've got a foothold in this game, and Rangers were just crushed after that. They, they did get the penalty quite soon after that, but to have all that pressure and not make it tell and I said yesterday if the rules were reversed and Celtic had that much pressure Rangers we would have scored two or three goals yeah, and that's uh, the yeah, difference yeah, yeah. they don't have that they've got this mental barrier over us they need to win this trophy that they've not, they've not won a trophy yet Morelos hasn't scored and it just took over the game it just yeah. took over and that, that became the whole thing we just played played our game right, had to ride out a storm got the goal and then party time. <laughs> well, just one thing on the goal on the offside, and as you said, Stevie, you don't know how people are meant to, you know, expect to take these calls and all that sort of stuff with no VAR and the linesman. You know, Stephen Gerrard said there was three Celtic players offside uh, when when Celtic scored the goal, and you would expect one of the officials to spot that. You'd also expect a Rangers player to spot it. Not one of them complained <laughs> after the goal yeah, went in. Yeah, not no, one. Not and and you know you've got guys like Alan McGregor who who basically cheats, who will yeah. complain at everything. He never never raised a peep. They all just come to each other and started pointing and shouting about who should have been marking who. So if, if it was so blatantly offside and Stephen Gerrard thinks the linesman should have spotted it, yeah. then his goalkeeper should have spotted it, <laughs> or Hellander, who played everyone on side, should have spotted it. See, when that goal went in, we can only speculate, of course, but imagine being Stephen Gerrard on the touchline when that goal goes in after watching that performance from his team. And it's not, we're not talking like, we're not talking Barcelona here. They, they merely dominate dominated a game mm. which they were, weren't favourites for. Certainly weren't huge favourites either, right enough. It was pretty even, but um, to have dominated in that manner and to, to lose a goal to basically the first chance Celtic have had, it must... I imagine a more experienced manager would be like, right, that's okay, right, we'll, we'll just stick to the game plan because we're playing this way and the goals are going to come, surely. But I, th- I think that they just went to pieces after it. I think they, they didn't know how to cope with having gone behind after so much. And it's something I talked about earlier on. The, the difference in mentality of these teams yeah. is, is, is written all over them. It takes a long time to get that mentality, that winning oh, mentality. Yeah, yeah. It takes a long time. And this is a, you know, player, you've got players on the pitch like Scott Brown and, and McGregor and, and Forrest. You know, th- these guys don't, you know, especially McGregor and Forrest, sort of quieter guys than Scott Brown on the pitch, but yeah. they're winners. They're absolutely winners. And Stephen Gerrard, who famously is a winner against all odds as a player as well, but there's, there's only so much he can sort of transplant in his players when and they have to do it for him, and they're not capable of doing it. Merely, you've you've used the perfect term. It's a mental block now. It's a psychological barrier that Rangers players seem to be unable to go over when it comes to 
not only beating Celtic but winning trophies, doing doing something when it yeah. matters. They just seem to be unable to do it, and I I don't know how how they fix it. I don't care, frankly. But <laughs> I, yeah. if, if I'm perfectly honest, I don't I don't really give a shit how they overcome that. Hopefully, they never do. But I think it's it's plain for everyone to see that they just they don't have it up there. And I'm yeah. pointing to my head. I mean, their season could be over by the end of the month. You know, yeah, their, yeah, their season could be over by then, but they get knocked out of Europe. We beat them in the league, and they're out of this cup. You're, they could be, they could be looking at a hell of a, a hell of a month. We talk about psychological advantages. There, there can't be a, a bigger one to be, to be dealt than to be completely and utterly dominated in a, a game and still, still come away, yeah. <laughs> still dragged a, a, a winner of that somehow. Score. Couldn't score, and, and that's why I bring up Steven Gerrard. How big a blow? Can this, can this be to the players what do you go in and say to them on, on the Monday or, or the Tuesday or whenever they're back at training what do you say to them what I want to also know is how much does Steven Gerrard have in the tank for this because no yeah. one no one cares that he came close see at the end of the season when he's applying for jobs and he, people are looking at Steven Gerrard's record as a manager came to Scotland won nothing well, not he's a, a thing he's just lucky as who he is because right. if, if a job comes up that's say like a Derby County or something like, he'll just he'll still be Stephen Gerrard and he's, he'll, probably, he'll probably look at it and say well he did okay in yeah. Scotland but he didn't do it he didn't win it but what, one thing that you're talking about winning mentality and I think Celtic showed that after this you know you want after the goal goes in Melly you said it on Melly the match keep it tight keep yep. it t- let's see how long we can hold this lead but no sooner had we scored than Rangers got the pitch and and get a penalty and there's one thing in particular that annoyed me about the penalty and it was how easy Rangers managed to work a chance for themselves Ryan Jack picks the ball up deep into our, into our half under no pressure plays it to Rebo who is marked by Ayer and Hayes both oblivious as to who, yeah. who, who was picking them up and Rebo caused us a lot of problems like sort of dropping in and out he plays it to he play, tries to play through Morelos and it was just another blunder yeah. we just blundered that again and the ball ends up ping-ponging about our box and where did that ping-pong go? the ping-pong ended up at Frimpong <laughs> who ended up on the back of Morelos um, and I, I was you know, it was obviously a penalty I wasn't aware of the rule at the time that mm. because the referee judged them not to make any attempt to actually play the ball yeah. it was a straight red card I think if it's just to clear up for for listeners as we understand it as if if he'd slid in and just taken Morelos's feet away while trying to get the ball, it, it would have been a yellow card because of the double jeopardy thing. But yeah. because he's essentially fallen over the back of him, jumped on his back, you, you can't really judge that to be trying to play the ball, so he, he has to go. The, th- the thing with Frimpong is, obviously, we've been talking for a few weeks now about how he's got enough in the bank with Celtic fans where he, we're going to allow him blunders, and, and this, of course, comes into that. But the thing is, I don't think he was helped out in this situation no. at all I think both of the centre-halves struggled to get yeah. a clearance in I don't think Ayer was, was nowhere um, but they both Ayer and Julian both made attempt at clearances but they both kind of ended up aye, smashing off happened, each other sort of, aye, Ayer and then, but then Julian sort of stretched to clear yeah. the ball and it, I think it might have bounced off Ayer and came yeah, back to so. Morelos yeah. and then I think at that point Frimpong Expect the ball to get cleared shit I've lost my guy and just reaches yeah. out and grabs Morelos the obvious joke is that it wasn't a clear goal scoring opportunity because it fell to Morelos <laughs> yeah. four yards out or something like that. Um, there's also been a lot made about the penalty and about how Fraser Foster was supposedly off his line. Don't care. Um, <laughs> running theme in this, have absolutely no time for Rangers complaints. One thing that I found interesting though was, as well as 
Fraser Foster maybe being off, completely uh, off his line. Every penalty hit for the last 30 years has been, exactly. mark, been six inches off his line. What I want to know is why Ryan Kent was six yards into the penalty box yeah. before, the, the, before the ball was even struck. That's and he right. wasn't even the only Rangers player. In retrospect, I'm glad the referee didn't spot that either because he would have ordered a retake yeah. and you don't want that. Um, On the penalty itself, obviously there's been a lot of chat about how Tavernier... Uh, basically shat it and gave up the penalty Gerard has come out and said that no, Morelos was the designated penalty taker, I don't really buy it if I'm perfectly <laughs> honest, I think that's just him trying to save players, his player's face Makes a change with flinging them under <laughs> the bus <laughs> yeah. Tavernier, fair enough how can you have a go at him for it, see if you've shat it don't take the penalty, yeah. D- definitely do give it to somebody else but don't give it to the guy who's just missed nine chances in the game I, I did love that they gave that that, that to that to Morelos because I don't believe Steven Gerrard either I don't think he was a nominated taker but what that tells me is it matters to Morelos that he scores against oh us God, that is, it, it matters to him he, he should just be there doing his job right, he beat just, himself again yeah. he beat himself he played himself worked himself into a shoot <laughs> as Hulk Hogan would say he, he is far too emotional and it's again again psychological barriers mental blocks he can't do it now because he's too emotional he's too invested in this thing that's carrying that's um, on his back now that he hasn't scored against Celtic and he's still, even with a penalty and even with eight chances in the game, he still can't do it. It's not just Fraser Foster because Scott Bain has kept him out, Craig Gordon has kept him out, mm-hmm. the, they've all kept him out. And it's it's now, it's now, again, it might come, it might come. It but was an absolute shanner of a penalty, I know. Oh, it's like I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it wasn't like Fraser Foster, again, that even we talk about that performance. Saved a penalty, you know. Yep. Saved a penalty in a cup final. He's almost single-handedly won a cup final for Celtic. But but it's not even as if he was at full stretch with this one. It went in his body. Yeah. He just dived a wee bit to his side and it went in his body. It was a, a terrible penalty. I know if he dived the other way, it may have gone in. It looks like a good penalty, but it looked absolutely dreadful. The thing with Fraser Foster, and is that again, some have mentioned that you're, you're so confident with him in penalties that's the third one he saved already this season <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even Christmas yet and he's saved three penalties more than Craig God's probably saved aye, his whole aye. career and you're more confident with Fraser Foster just because of this, the sheer bulk of the man now we have it on pretty good authority that the reason Neil Lennon is such a big fan of Fraser Foster not only for his goalkeeping ability is that Neil Lennon just plain likes his keepers big he likes them to fill the goals and hearing that said you're just like mm, that's, a wee, that's a wee bit a wee bit simple in it it's a wee bit basic but who am I to argue because look at the performance because huh? <laughs> no other keeper is saving some of the chances that he saved when we get the goal you think like, that's us 10 minutes keep it tight try and work our way into the game no a couple of minutes later we're down to 10 men and they've got a penalty if they'd have scored that obviously it completely changes the game but see when they missed I thought they're done. Yeah, that's they're done. They'll there, have other chances. Yeah. But yeah. that was it. You get that penalty and you've got half an hour against 10 men to try and do it. And the whole crowd in the Celtic end, it wasn't unexpected that he saved it. The guy, he's got this presence and he's a tough guy to beat in that situation to save that penalty and then pull off the other saves he done. As you said at the start of the season, we weren't sure, but you get what you pay for in these games. Yeah. That's your goalkeeper pulling off the big saves your defender scoring the goal and keeping a clean sheet £7 million whatever we're paying Fraser Foster worth every penny for him and Julian and again Edward comes on 
changes the game. It wasn't that effective, but the big game players turned up for Celtic and they didn't for Rangers. We talk about Foster's wages. Genuinely, whatever he's getting paid, it's not enough. Like You could take his wages now, whatever Celtic are paying, whatever fraction of the, um, yeah. the Southampton wage they're paying just now. Take that, double it, and he's, he's still worth it because... <laughs> he must he's be, just, he's loving yeah, it up here as well. He's uh, absolutely loving it. Yeah. Again, just won that cup final almost single-handedly. Um, pardon the pun. But... Um, the, the Lazio thing The Lazio thing is yep. His performances in Europe Paid for himself what, Ten times yep. over probably So uh, whatever he's getting paid I don't care Enjoy it Our <laughs> best players on the day Were the ones That we pay the most money for <laughs> Cosmic uh, it's, it's almost like uh, Transfer dealings And transfer business Isn't brain science <laughs> Yeah It's not some sort of Rocket surgery That, that <laughs> takes a lot of uh, You know all these All these brilliant All these guys at Lee Conger And all that Imagine how much They're getting paid Basically what he's like is Google's the most expensive player we can afford that just looks that <laughs> up. It's, that's a, it's an absolute racket. Yeah. Um, but the, just at this point, I know you listen, Celtic. Get the deal done. Get, oh, get yeah. him signed right now. Absolutely. And speaking of most expensive players, he's Fraser Foster on wages has probably paid more. Next in line is probably Odson Edward. Um, hmm. And shortly after Fraser Foster saved the penalty, this was the most exciting spell of the game. He, Odson Edward, that is, plays Mikey Johnson almost clean through. It was a, a terrific pass oh, was, uh, yeah. to yeah. say Mikey on one on one with Alan McGregor. Really should have finished it, Melly. Yeah, just lost that wee bit of composure. His first touch is good, his second touch isn't. And maybe extra touch as yeah, well. Yeah, just, just sets him off and he just catches too much on it and puts it wide. If we'd have scored that, it was game set and match right there and then, but he missed it. But apart from that, we didn't have any other chance. No, no. It was just <laughs> relentless. We had to obviously go down to 10 men. Beaton came on. I went to fullback. And that was it. It's just like, boys, roll up those sleeves because you're going in to dig in. And everybody gave absolutely everything. Yeah. Not everybody played well. No. But you cannot fault MD for absolute effort and endeavour because they left everything on the pitch. And they absolutely had to because... It was what was needed. We had to just battle and ride it out and get to the end of the match. And that's what winners do. And the Rangers can't do that, and we can. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> what? There's been a thread running through this podcast, as you've already said, Jamie. So let me see if I can predict what you're going to say to this. If I can ask you okay. if, if you're at all interested in Rangers' other penalty claim, the one where Brown tangled a wee bit with Morelos, he did the sort of... Lewis Morgan thing from last week where he maybe kicked his heel away or something uh, I don't care well, okay, right. <laughs> and that's it. that's all I wanted to know we can move on yep. get absolutely no time for it Rangers you, you, you were given every opportunity to win this game <laughs> yeah, don't care and, you, and yeah. you didn't take it you know Stephen Gerrard this was a chance for him to prove his managerial chops um, and, and he just couldn't do it even when you know I thought when he was when we went down to 10 men I thought we Funnily enough, I thought we played better for yeah, large yeah. stages of that. Um, probably because the job at this point was simple. The change I thought he made was quite weird when he brought on Brandon Barker. Mm, uh, forgot he existed. I for Joe Rebo, yeah. you know, mainly remember again. they gazumped Celtic to the signing of Brandon yeah. Barker. Yeah, welcome to him on yeah. that display. <laughs> but you said it, Melly. They brought on um, Greg Stewart midweek last week. Uh, uh, the Hearts they played one five. Now we get two. Mm. Nowhere to be seen yesterday. Again, don't care. <laughs> he, he got it all wrong. He tried to bring on Defoe as well. Just threw everything at it and they couldn't, they couldn't do anything. The longer the game went on, the less chances they created. The Foster obviously did pull off incredible saves, but the later it went on, they only had one chance towards the end maybe, but 
it wasn't comfortable because my nerves were absolutely oh, shredded. Yeah. It was horrendous, but the sheer relief when we won, seeing the players celebrate, like they get it. Julian gets it. Frimpong gets it. Oh, Julian! This team, yeah. they just get it. I love watching them. I love the fact that we had to go down and just fight for that cup final. We couldn't have played any worse, but we battled and battled. And that, that's probably more devastating than maybe a 3 0 win for us. Yeah. Them playing that well and getting absolutely nothing, not being able to score against 10 men, yeah. and I was just, geez, that trophy. One thing I will say though, um, and again, if Celtic are listening, never do that again. <laughs> no. Never, never do that as again. As enjoyable as that was, yeah, <laughs> don't do it again. We have to be careful here because that's. Since Steven Gerrard came in, that's most of the games that we've played Rangers in. We haven't played well. Mm. No, yeah. I, I said that as well yesterday. I don't know even if I said it on Mail at the Match, but you know, all this gloating and celebrating, as good as it is, um, <laughs> you, you did touch on an interesting point there, Mail. I think that's four games Neil Lennon has had against Steven Gerrard's Rangers. And if you wanted to look at it, you know, this is just me going off the top of my head, minutes by minutes. I would say Rangers have had the best of us in in a lot, mm, a, a yeah. large proportion of a lot of those games. Yeah, the the one where Morelos gets sent off, they were in the game, they equalised with yeah. 10 men, they obviously beat us at Ibrox towards the end of the season. We sort of schooled them uh, this season at Ibrox, but this game was, this was a bad performance. But within all those games, there's been times where we've been severely under pressure a yeah. lot of the time. and we always came up with answers but we really need to sort it because going forward it, they will be at some point and we can't really let that happen it's, Look, especially this season no, no the yeah. way things are going to be so tight by the looks of it this is really important to keep their stranglehold and keep these trophies that's another year passes where they've not won anything it's another trophy where they're thinking oh, we've not got a chance to win a trophy for six months now Yeah. every time they'd fail to win a trophy just adds to the pressure every time he fails to score against us it adds to the pressure and when you look back when Celtic stopped the 10 sort of catalyst for that was getting that Scottish Cup victory because yeah, yeah. you get that belief that you can win something because you've you've not done it in so long the players didn't know what it was we need to just suffocate them so they win nothing give them nothing no oxygen <laughs> no breathing space just keep this relentless pressure on and if we do, they will crumble because they always do. Beautiful I mean, stuff, beautiful that, stuff. Like as, as beautiful as it was, <laughs> they are nothing. Um, as beautiful as it was, I just want to steal us down, Stephen, into practicalities, though, because no. you know, Neil Lennon does have to find a shape and a selection that works against this Rangers press. Because you know, out of the four games, we've won three. Yes. They've, they've won one, mm. and we we did beat them. But you don't like to see it. You don't like to see that no, sort of performance. No. And I know a lot of our game hinges on Edward. If Edward was playing for the start, that would be a completely different game. Because yeah. yeah. they, they, they would have to occupy themselves with him. They don't really need to worry about someone like Lewis Morgan. Alien Ussie wasn't fit. So maybe it's a case of, you know, and then we didn't even have bowling goalie on the pitch. Not our first choice or second choice left back as it was. So we're playing with three players kind of out of position. It would be a different game. But you do, you do worry a wee bit seeing that, that how easily... It seemed to be for Rangers. Yeah, I suppose it's like it's one of those law of averages things. How long can you get away with being dominated like that and and just snatching results due to mentality and all that? You you might come across one where you it doesn't work out for you. Remember you, the nineties? Well, of course, I. 
Yeah, I, I do agree. I think Lennon and and John Kennedy. I, I always want to always feel myself after a podcast. I want to give more credit to John Kennedy yeah. because I think he's a huge part of what goes on mm. behind the scenes at Celtic. And I think Neil Lennon is quite usually quite keen to to let everyone know that as well. I think the two of them need to get together ahead of the next one. Obviously, the next one's at home. That's a real opportunity, as you said, to to bury their season. Um, in, in the same month I know <laughs> one at home it's a, an opportunity to really get a, a solid game plan in place and really just take it straight to them and just dispel any of this like the Celtic have clearly got the better team let's go out and show it next time because uh, we have gone from pumping them like 5-0 yeah. every time we played them to that yeah, yeah. In, in, in about a season so something really does need to change on that front well as we move towards the end of our coverage of this game I, feel, I want to just bring up one or two things. It's kind of like that uh, too bad, too good or whatever it's called at the end of match of the day two where they just highlight a couple of things you might have missed. Okay. One was Julian getting his customary head knock. Yet yeah. again, we've mentioned it before, mm-hmm. gets a head knock in every single game. Uh, two, Ryan Jack uh, came through and cleaned out Lewis Morgan. Fairly, Lewis, he yeah. fairly cleaned out Lewis Morgan Just from on behind. that, I forgot to mention yeah. that. I was quite... Uh, Lewis Morgan bashing but I thought again that was key because it seemed to me the reason that Ryan Jack managed to keep up with Lewis Morgan is because as Lewis Morgan was progressing up the field with the ball and he had options he kind of slowed down to think of who he wanted to pass the ball to which gave Ryan Kent not Ryan Kent Ryan Jack the opportunity split second it was gone well Ryan Jack Ryan Jack it was a really good challenge he got in from behind and took it off him to halt that attack he was down injured for for a wee bit after that Ryan Jack I think he kind of uh, slammed his shin or something and so he needed treatment camera pans to Alan McGregor who is busying himself while he's getting treatment by doing keepy ups and failing to do keepy ups <laughs> couldn't he do them and he was even doing that wee guy thing where like anyone in this room how do you start doing keepy ups you roll the ball back flick it up he was doing the thing where he threw it up for himself and tried to do keepy ups <laughs> couldn't he manage it nail up Griggsy <laughs> and third I wanted to bring up was um, Rangers playing on from a uh, a certain right. injury, uh, leading Chris Sutton to call it a bad message to send. Dot 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 to football. <laughs> <laughs> I just just on that, you know, this is the sort of mentality that Rangers have. I, I, I'll never understand this. I, I like I genuinely don't understand it. You know, Rangers are all supposed to be about dignity and respect and all that, and that's their thing. Turned up in trackies. Turned up in trackies. I remember, remember that Rangers whatever fan TV video, and there's the wee guy with this squeaky voice outside the loud. And, the, and, yeah. the, and I, I want to know what he feels like today because see, last time we beat them, the only solace that he got in that was he was like, and this is his words, not mine. I and we're we're wearing the suits, and then they they, they gypsy bastards are turning up in trackies. <laughs> and, then, and then this time around, it's the Rangers boys that are turning up in trackies. On that as well, obviously they came out. Uh, but first, and there's Tamden always make a big thing of this with fireworks and all that. Neil Lennon comes out in the suit, he looks so uneasy in a suit. Neil <laughs> oh, Lennon does it, especially, in the, <laughs> especially in the soaking, pissing rain. I felt so, I was like, Neil, he looks like the most uncomfortable guy in a suit in the world. That's how he doesn't wear one. Put often. a Mac on, Aye. put a Mac on, but just on that dignity thing. And you know, Celtic, we'll, we'll talk about Celtic's trophy hall and, and all that in a minute. See, since Rangers came back, and especially since Stephen Gerrard has taken over them, they have not showed this Celtic team. One ounce of respect. No. Not an ounce. No. You know, n- no respect for what we've won, no respect for what we've achieved. He's come in here and he's a lot of talk to begin with about Aberdeen, especially. You know, we showed we're a class above, a lot of talk about Celtic. He's been schooled basically yeah, every time yeah. he played us. He's got nothing to show for it. <laughs> uh, it, it Don't needs- want his respect anyway. 
<laughs> no, you don't. You don't want that respect. But that's their thing. Huh? Their thing is respect and dignity. They lost a cup final there. They threw everything at it. They even it's not cheating, but as you said, it yeah, doesn't send a good message to yep. football. They threw everything at it. They threw their sportsmanship. They threw their dignity in the bin for it, and they left with nothing. And it's about time that maybe Rangers started showing us an ounce of respect, as well as that. I listen to the sport. Oh, the you, you guys sound. and your speeches, and I'm, I'm getting turned <laughs> oh, off. This is terrific well, stuff. Here's some more for you. <laughs> the Sports Sound podcast, um, the BBC Sports Sound podcast, was nothing short of embarrassing. Neil McCann, dry your eyes, mate. Neil McCann, Tom English. I mean, Richard Gordon was on it. He was he was trying to referee as best he could. I think it was Billy Dodds as well. Basically, just talking about how you know Rangers were the better team. Yeah, they were the better team. Morelos is the better striker than Edward because he was getting lots of positions. You missed them all. <laughs> it's, football's a very simple game. You need to score goals to win games. You don't get any prizes for staunchness, as we've said in this <laughs> no, podcast. There's no runners-up prize at, at a cup final. So, you know, let's get a bit of let's get a bit of reflection here and a bit of a bit of credit for Celtic. Yeah. Oh, and there was another one. I've not done one of these for a while, but a uh, favourite of the podcast, Tam McManus, had a, a spicy. spicy hot take. We've oh, not had this they? for a while. That's us. Spicy made the ball! Oh, right. <laughs> it's been a while since then. He said uh, that Rangers have shown they are more than a match for Celtic. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong. Forgive me if this is just semantics of language here, but more than a match suggests that they are better than otherwise it would be a match or yeah. less than a match for, yeah. for Celtic. More than a match is probably overstating it a bit. No, you're quite right. You know, <laughs> Rangers were beaten and that is, yeah. that is, that is a, and people are going to say, you know, even a sports, I think it was Tom English that goes, you know, oh, they say in finals that you never remember the runner-up. Ah, I'm going to remember the runner-up for this one. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Like, stop, <laughs> no. stop making things up because it's simply not true. Um, so Take your history books, throw them out, they're worthless, <laughs> get new history books. Yeah. We're, we're including the runners up now. <laughs> So if we, we get a quadruple treble, yeah. we're going to go quadruple treble winners. I mean, that time Rangers were better than us in the final <laughs> that time. I'm going to go to Tom English. See when Celtic won the second treble, who did they beat in the League Cup final? And I want them to tell me exactly who it was and what the score was, because <laughs> now we're remembering runners up. Um, Celtic's trophy hall is nothing short of outrageous. <laughs> It's like football manager. It's like football manager. Ten domestic trophies in a row. Lens ten. Lens ten. Yeah. Um, we're coming to the end of this decade, so it's always important to reflect. Um, do you know where Celtic were at the beginning of this decade? The first match of 2010. Oh, uh, no. Enlighten me. We were drawing 1-1 with Rangers under Tony Mowbray. Oh. <laughs> Since then, we have basically won all the things. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> since then, we have won all the things. Sky Sports done a thing, I don't know if you saw it, that Celtic's trophy hall since Rangers came back into the league, or Rangers went, died, right. or something, and they put it up on the screen, and it was, you know how Sky Sports Studios got those massive big surround screens? Yeah. There was barely enough room for the trophies. <laughs> it's quite extraordinary to think that only ten years ago, we were looking at the likes of Tony Mowbray, leading this Celtic team absolutely nowhere. And the Huns must be getting a bit worried about this as well because the previous club that they supported, uh, the old original Huns, they, they had this number of trophies that they claim is the world's most successful club and all that. Celtic are right behind <laughs> that old club and, is, and they've got very few things. After that, they've got very few things to cling on to if Celtic go past that, which they will in the not-too-distant future. Is that why you've got the five stars tattooed? Yeah. <laughs> this is a wider problem for Rangers, though, because... 
We've already touched on the ramifications for this season. This could be a huge psychological blow for them. They've got to pick themselves up. They've got an important game on Wednesday. Then they're away at Motherwell, which could be a tough game. And yeah. I think they're away at Hibs. Now, we've still got to beat Hibs as well. But more widely than this, Rangers are losing money like like yeah. crazy. <laughs> you know? And, and, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> like Billio. Aye. Yeah. So what, is Stephen Gerrard going to go to the board again in the summer and go, Need another 12 million lads And by the way Morelos isn't being sold Under any circumstances Hands off Issues a hands off Warning to European giants Because see if we'd lost That that, See if we'd lost that That one there And they won it You'd be looking at it going Well we didn't think We'd win the treble This season anyway And the League Cup's A bit of a diddy thing And we we could We could walk it off (laughs) But it's it's, it's a lot more difficult For them to walk off Yeah Definitely They're placing An awful lot of Orange eggs in this uh, <laughs> Eggs are kind of orange anyway aren't they? <laughs> uh, Yeah I suppose they are kind of orange Most eggs are orange I'll give them that But they're sticking a lot of a lot of horrible Rotten eggs in their, their uh, Orange basket this season Trying to somehow qualify for Europe To balance the books without selling players which is, And it's not going to work If it doesn't happen for them this season I don't know what they do I don't know Man, yeah. uh, and, and you know what Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> you guessed it Don't care <laughs> Don't care um, One thing I have been caring about Is digesting as much content as oh, I could uh, yeah. I took the morning off work today Because Helvino did for Melly <laughs> yeah. I was absolutely miraculous Oops. last night Incidentally Melly We were out and about In Glasgow's Leafy West End uh, And a couple of people came up to us Listeners to the podcast I just want to say Thanks very much for coming up Saying yes. hello Very well, kind of you This never happens to me It always happens to Melly right? Despite the fact that I walk about At all times with A 20 minute Tim's t-shirt A 20 minute Tim's <laughs> badge And a microphone All, all this This old thing I, just, I do a podcast mate And I still never get recognised uh, Hardly ever happens to me But Melly's out more than me yeah. I'm basically in the house More than him um, So I Very nice to meet you guys uh, Still quite taken aback That people are in this pod also sorry if I was an absolute <laughs> mess and I was slurring talking absolute nonsense um, I was enjoying the celebrations last night and this morning I was enjoying as much content as I could get my hands on all the think pieces all the articles logging on to follow follow Rangers forums <laughs> reading must, Celtic yeah. forums on Rangers media using my secret account um, and most of the thing I've enjoyed actually most today was the behind the scenes yeah. video uh, from right. Celtic TV or, or no no lies I enjoyed the most, as usual, Frimpong's after-match thing and Frimpong's Instagram story. Oh, my days. He loves it. Julian's Instagram was good as well. The, the it's a bit off. too social media-y for me. Mm. Yeah, I don't care. He bagged it against the Huns. He can do what he wants. <laughs> uh, that was just tremendous. That final whistle was an absolute pandemonium. As soon as it goes, the player's running over right right up into the crowd. As was captured on Mel at the match, by the way, there was some tremendous audio recording of that, and it's, it's almost like being there. <laughs> it was just tremendous. The players, as I say, they get it. And uh, we see Julian come in, Foster come back. They just come into a winning team, and these guys are winners as well. Yeah. But Julian, that was his first trophy he's won in his career. Aye, Frimpong's aye. played, what, 10 games, and he's got a trophy under his belt. <laughs> It's just unbelievable yeah. And seeing the players go nuts See Neil Lennon Give me his dues It was a tough game yesterday But we got through it And we got the win So that's all that matters He deserved that He deserved that Because he's put himself out there again Coming into this job It was a thankless task You said at the start mm, of the season yeah. And what a job he's done It's absolutely phenomenal It's such a relief as well Because the worry going into this Was that the injuries Were going to be too too much for Celtic to deal with I've got a deep squad But we talked about it 
the it's the manner of the injuries and the specific personnel that it affected, like Edward and El Yunusi. Can Celtic recover from that? And they did. They won. And now we get all those players back. <laughs> <laughs> all those players, players come straight back. So and you know what's even better? They're going to get a rest. Yeah, I, Neil Lennon was saying today that the the Jeffrey Clouge game will give them an opportunity to yes. rest some players. And you're like, oh, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. you know. Seasons are long. Um, seasons are long. Seasons. <laughs> yes, they are. No, seasons are long. There's lots of competitions, and the, the hard work that we put in in the the beginnings of the Europa League yeah. has allowed us this opportunity Indeed. to rest up, guys. At this point, I'd it? put anything, out, any old tattoo, <laughs> any other players you can dig up for. Like, oh, I want to say Kundai Benio and all him. Oh, oh, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, stick them all. Clues. I don't know. The clues have got a big game. The weekend they've got a top of the table clash. They have lost their top spot, um, and they're playing the top of the league at the weekend. So I don't know. They they still need to qualify. They need to beat Celtic, don't they? And yeah, to, to knock Lazio out, take it, <laughs> absolutely take it. As, as you say, Jamie, we've bought ourselves this this position. May as well take advantage of it and knock Lazio out as well. One thing that we've got sort of forgot to well, we never forgot to mention it. We don't forget anything. This podcast <laughs> never because professionalism is, and that's what I'm after. Um, we're in a good position in the Europa League because I says the hard work yeah. we've done before and a good position in the league because all this talk of the, the League Cup final has washed away the headlines that Celtic managed to open up a gap for the first time yeah. in the season um, over Rangers when they decided to drop some points very nicely yeah. for us to Aberdeen we only nodded towards it slightly earlier in this podcast but it's, I suppose it's important to go back and acknowledge what got us got us that there so Rangers did drop points during the week when it fully expected them to just sweep Aberdeen aside as they normally do and Celtic get an absolutely crucial win oh. at home to Hamilton Ackies after a not so great performance for about what was it 73 minutes or so, or so that it seemed like it was just going to be one of those routine it was our fault for jinxing it because we dismissed yeah. Hamilton Ackies yep, out of hand yep. we said it last week they'll be pinning that podcast up on the dressing room <laughs> wall um, it was it was looking like one of those standard midweek routine games where you've just Narrowly beaten a kind of stodgy team, and then they only went and gone and scored oh. Hamilton Ackies, and I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it when Hamilton Ackies scored. But then up steps the captain once again. Goal he's, he's in the, the scoring spree of his life, and as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, his best ever scoring season. It took him thirty games to score four goals. Banging them in, <laughs> and he's matched that exactly this season. So that's thirty-one games now because he played in the League Cup final. Four goals. What a machine! It was another psychological blow for them. They could have been going into that. They should have swept Aberdeen aside, as you yeah. said, but they were pressing at the end to get the goal. They hear we've let in a late equaliser then for us to score so late on Scott Brown. The, you know what they'll be saying, that's typical of them. And that's what we are. We're just winners, serial winners. Yeah. And we go out there and win. That gives us a wee gap going into the cup final, a wee boost. for it would be more of a boost, but the performance didn't <laughs> yeah. show that. But... At the end of the day, it's been a fantastic week to be Athenian. Get a wee lead in the league, get the league cup in the bag, off to Cluj. We don't even need to play him. No. Last time Hamilton Ackies beat Celtic was October Ooh. 2014 at Ronnie. Celtic Park. Yes, it was a Ronnie one. They haven't taken anything off Celtic at all since February 2016. It was a 1-1 draw after Boyata was sent off in the first half, but that was only the next month after Celtic beat them 8-1 at Celtic <laughs> Park. Remember that game? Yeah. December, absolutely Baltic one. So Celtic have won seven 
league games in a row, 12 in all competitions. This is going to be a season-defining month, mainly, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, just with the sheer amount of games. And I think we play Hearts in midweek, and the Huns have got a free midweek, so that can we could all go well. We win all our games and stretch it to five points before we we play them at the end of the month. So time will tell. This has been Steve AG, see what he's made of. Not a lot for me, so just worry one game at a time. The only worry about the Clues game is, look, we will change probably the whole team and rightly so but don't want to lose that momentum of the win- those winning games but I suppose it doesn't really matter long term does it sending the kids out to Romania it's not a stag do last <laughs> still need to go out there and perform so just behave yourselves just looking back to last December Rangers managed to go the whole month of December including obviously the, the Glasgow Derby by only losing one game our form on the other hand in that we lost two in the same mm, month right. so we need a better December than last year that's right, for yeah. sure um, but I think I agree with you Melly It's going to be a season defining month I think there's a, there's a If we keep this gap And we beat them at Celtic Park And take it to five points I think it's squeaky bum time for them No it could be eight points we are gaming We play the extra, that extra game So, so it could be eight points more. And even better January coming up Gives us an opportunity to go out there And spend some money yeah. Improve in the areas that we need to improve It doesn't look like Rangers are going to manage to do that absolute must for January as a striker I think we all admit that yeah well I started talking earlier about recruitment being an issue in that Bio isn't available to play any part in in this important game when he is you know he's a, a central striker he's supposed to be a target man he's but just back from injury to yeah, be fair yeah but well, Lewis Morgan's just back from not not really being a Celtic player I've just, I'm just an example but I, I just mean I'm an awful lot more confident now in the recruitment process going forward than I was yeah, uh, yeah. In, in previous windows. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing what Celtic can pull off in January rather than just going in and threading it and thinking, <laughs> what dodge are we going to are we going to toss up here? I think I think recent performances and, and especially this January window things like that have really really ought to put to bed any notion yeah. that you you win league titles and you win things comfortably with with bargains. And on that, I suppose we shall move into the any other business section of the podcast. Um, nothing to note. I did find it quite interesting, the news today. Now, I've not fully digested it, but Russia have been accused and found guilty of doping on a massive national scale. And have, have they been banned from all sport? All major sport, as far as I'm aware, for four years, yeah. All major sport and for four years, apart from the Euros this year. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, so, right. so basically what I think WADA or USADA, WADA have said is, we know you cheat. But we're going to let you cheat in this one no. It makes no sense um, And I did understand that if they got banned from this Then that was like a, maybe a backdoor for Scotland to get in That's not happening So so, so this yeah, well. in this, this Euros Russia will be cheat So lump on them <laughs> It is an odd approach that isn't it We know you've been cheating And we've more than likely been specifically cheating For this coming competition But uh, it's too late to do anything about it You just crack on and we'll, we'll get you next time <laughs> It would be unfair <laughs> uh, uh, and on that, I suppose we shall bring this uh, 200th quote episode of uh, 20 Minute Tim's to an end. It's been some journey, lads. Yeah, it has, yeah. And I know we, we joked last week about how we, d- we didn't have anything uh, planned for episode 200. We didn't. We, we definitely no. didn't. So I just, uh, we don't really get too serious, too emotional on this podcast at times, but it just it, it is probably a time to think 200 episodes, how did we get here? So just. Just a genuine thanks to anyone who's ever yes. listened to us, anyone yeah. who's ever supported us, especially people who support us on Patreon. That still blows me away that people choose to do that for us and seem to enjoy it. So thank you to everyone who's done that. But I, for, for putting up with our 
pish for four years now and <laughs> 200 plus episodes just genuine thanks i don't want it to be one of those just like throwaway lines at the end of a podcast where we just say thanks for listening and thanks for supporting blah 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 uh, see you next week like as i said genuine thank you to everyone who even so much as retweets us gives us read reviews listens to us interacts with us on twitter just whatever it is cheers cheers folks and uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> to that as well, yeah. <laughs> Check that out. No, no, seriousness. Aye, thanks, thanks to everyone. It's, we certainly wouldn't have done 200 episodes of this podcast if you weren't listening and enjoying no, no, them. Definitely so, not. so it keeps us going. And on that, bombshell. I think we woke Melee up there, Stephen. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a tough weekend. Huh? <laughs> it's been a heavy weekend. I'm going to slither into my bed. Thanks for listening. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.